Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Keep the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. The matchups. The superstars. The games. Starting defense. Place at the table. What? This is Football Sunday on the Fan. A comprehensive look at today's National Football League action with your hosts, Mike Lynch and Rashad Taylor. You all know what you have to do. Remember, no one, and I mean no one, comes into our house and pushes us around. This is Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Hey, happy Sunday morning, everybody. Hey. It's uh, It's been a gorgeous week, and this morning is not gorgeous. I, I, I assume it's supposed to get nice later, but it's drizzling, it's foggy, it's pretty miserable outside, so. It's Portland. I mean, I know, but look, I was surprised. I was, no, but I was happy that we had nice weather. Oh, it was super unexpected. I'm just hoping it's nice on Tuesday. As long as I don't have to take my son trick-or-treating in the rain, I'll be fine. Well, we're not supposed to get rain on Halloween. It's supposed to be the first day in like 10 years here that there hasn't been any rain. It's been the worst. On the day of Halloween, which is nice. I'll just go buy him candy and get whatever you want. I'm not (laughs) not going out there. Not doing that. I I wanted to talk about this before we got into the sports stuff, and I'm very curious about if you two guys feel the same way. In general, I kind of feel like this building, our radio station building, is kind of creepy. And when the lights are all off, there's a certain creep factor to it where, like, there's narrow hallways. There's all these little windows. Like, we call them, you know, the glass in between studios and stuff in the hallways. So if everything's dark, you're just walking around what feels like an abandoned radio station that could be haunted. And on Friday, when I was here doing high school football, this is ha- this usually happens once a year, and it freaks me out every time. I'm sitting in the studio. I'm the only one here, Right. And somebody in the building, I don't know who, I don't know if it's a cleaning person or I don't know if someone's doing something, they turn the lights off in the hallway. And I'm sitting in the studio by myself, already with kind of a dark light going on because it's nighttime, and then all of a sudden it's pitch black outside. And I'm sitting there going, am I going to get murdered? Is this where, like, the movie starts? Yeah, you should and I have talk to, to... And I have to escape? Yeah, you should go talk to whoever is over facilities and see, hey, man, can you keep this light on till at least? What time do you usually get out of here for football? Like probably 1030? 1045-ish usually, yeah. That's about when we when we wrap up the postgame show. Which doesn't seem late, but when it's super dark and you can't really see anything. It's just coming in in the morning sometimes, and especially those eight of those eight o'clock shows that we, you know, that we used to have all the time. So we would get here at like seven. You know, it was always super dark you know, walking through those hallways. So luckily I'm hard. So I wasn't really thinking about the ghost, but you know, th- th- this will be an awesome place for a haunted house. Like for, yes. for this time that like, this will be an awesome place. for. I, I've said this for a couple of years now. 
Imagine making this a haunted attraction in Halloween because of all, like, the red lights could go on in the radio station rooms and, like, that could freak you out. I feel like it'd be really creepy. There's speakers everywhere. I, I, I've always thought the creep factor has always been kind of part of the selling point for, for me. I, I enjoy part walking. Of the selling yeah, point? Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. I enjoy walking around these halls on the weekend. Often I'm, like, the only person in the station. And so you're just, like, walking around and, it's really quiet. It's dark. Every once in a while, you'll hear some sort of weird, random noise. You're like, "What? Where'd that come from?" But yeah, no, that's. I enjoy the the creepy factor of the uh, You're the hallways. Creepy though, Jesse. So that kind of yeah. makes sense <laughs> in a go. good way, though. In the best ways, though. Only the best ways. Like, some people are creepy, like, in the weird way. Like, kind of stay away from me. But you're, like, creepy, like, in the super nerd about everything thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that would... That, I mean, the Wait, super that's nerd. creepy? Yeah. Huh? That's creepy. Jesse's a nerd on, like, stuff that... Why do you know that, bro? <laughs> Ask him anything about water polo. I guarantee you can answer it right now. <laughs> well, he plays water polo. That's Ask not weird, that, though. If he plays the sport, that's not weird. How many guys do you know that play water polo? One. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Boom. Point. There you go. Point. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, my, it's, I just made mine. Give me a point. Jesse. Oh, oh, I yeah. Got you. Oh, j- oh, all right. Sorry. Here, the soundboard yeah. isn't on yet. No, Hold it's on. it's not here. Oh uh, so there you go. That's Mike, does the point count if it's that delayed? Yeah, you're, yeah, you're in a hole. Hey, hey Mike. <laughs> now you're in a two-point hole. Here we go. Oh God! Tell me the points. Is this gonna stay? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So coming up on the show today from our creepy radio station. Uh, we will be talking plenty of college football here to start. The Ducks get a big win yesterday. The Beavs almost beat Stanford on Thursday. We have to discuss Corey Hall and whether or not you think he could be a permanent fixture here in Corvallis. So we'll talk about that coming up here in this segment. In the next one, uh, we've also got our West Coast bias coming up in the 10 o'clock hour. We will talk some Seahawks there. Their defense all of a sudden, once again, number one in the NFL. And their offense seems to be clicking a little bit too as they tend to do over the course of the season. Uh, we will also have our hate it or love it at 1030. And of course our fantasy scramble segment is coming up at 930 and 945. So if you have any fantasy football questions, start sit wise, feel free to text them in now to the Bridgeport beers text on at five, five, three, zero five. And we will do our best to help you answer those questions. We're in kind of the heavy by week time of the NFL. These, these four weeks here is when you lose most of your players to buys. So there's some pretty interesting questions that usually come in. So feel free to text those to the Bridgeport Bridge text line at 55305. But I do want to start with Oregon, who got finally got a big win over Utah, 41 to 20. Who saw that coming? Uh, not a lot of people, and especially because Justin Herbert was not playing. Not a lot of people. Um, and I guess that's kind of where I want to start is – with Braxton Burmeister, you know, he, he didn't do anything crazy. It, it didn't look overly exciting, but Burmeister looked more comfortable, finally. Finally. And he didn't do enough to win the game himself. Obviously, the the running game was the was the most important part for the uh, for the Bees, for the Ducks uh, yesterday. But the fact that he looked comfortable is at least good for the future because we think Herbert, if he was so close to coming back this week, will be back very soon. And that means Burmeister's going to go back to his much-needed role of backup. But that might be a good sign once Justin Herbert leaves that Burmeister's getting comfortable when he hasn't been for the first four games. <laughs> I mean, Utah was 
not good. Let's just go. We we'll go ahead and I guess start there, uh, especially on the defensive end. They just weren't a good team. <laughs> Forty-seven yards passing for uh, Braxton Vermont, but nine of twelve. But no nine picks. of twelve. So no. You know, f- oh, one fumble. You know, no, but, no picks. Uh, a forty-one percent or forty-one point look, four. Look, I'm not saying he played well. I'm not I'm saying, saying I'm he looked saying, comfortable. I, 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 that's I, all I'm saying. He looked like he was in more command of his offense. If that's comfortable, then absolutely. Have you watched him? I have. He looks like a scared child in the pocket. I have. And if that was comfortable, then I'm, I'm okay with with that. Like this was the ultimate game management uh, that that I've seen for nine of 12, 47 yards, fourteen yards passing. What like sixty-one yards of total offense or something like that. So I'm glad he didn't make any mistakes. There were, I mean, there was a fumble, like you mentioned, uh, but he didn't throw any interceptions, which we've been kind of used to seeing from him. Uh, Royce Freeman is still a beast. You know, Tony Brooks James, you know, finally was able to kind of come out and look like the Tony Brooks James that we've, at least we kind of gotten accustomed to over the last season or so. So um, overall, you saw a good game by the Ducks and you saw a good game by the defense. You know, they came to play. They showed up and, you hope that you can kind of sustain this type of momentum moving forward. You know, six games get you into a bowl game. We know this. We've been talking about it all season. Now, can you get these last, what, two games of the season, three games, and maybe see what happens? I think the other thing for me was that the biggest criticism of Oregon and Willie Taggart so far was that in the second half they have not been good of almost any of their games, right? And I saw this little stat today in the Oregonian Oregon had not scored a point after halftime in its current three-game losing streak, being outscored 58 to nothing. Uh, That also includes them only scoring seven against Wyoming after halftime and zero against Nebraska after halftime. So the second halves, some of the criticism was the play calling. Some of the criticism was uh, just them kind of turning their brains off at a certain point. Yesterday, they scored 24 of their points Mm -hmm. in the second half and rushed for 222 of their rushing yards in the second half. And it just worked. It made sense. The game plan worked. Uh, and what I, what I did notice was it felt like they were using the perimeters a lot more to run the ball. They used a lot of their speed guys yesterday. They had uh, Tony Brooks James go for 105 yards and have a 56-yard rush. Mm-hmm. They used Taj Griffin a little bit. You know, they had the speedy running backs kind of running the ball a little bit more to the outside, which I feel like helped them kind of spread the field. Because they've done a lot of... They've been so simple with Burmeister. To make it a little bit more interesting and a little bit different was was a positive. No, it was it was a huge positive, and you know that's what you want to do is get your guys get your guys out on the edges and kind of let them make plays. Oregon has a history of just speedsters that you can put out on the edge, and you know really take the gamble with them from guys like Demarius Thomas to guys like Devin Allen, and then now you're looking at you know Charles Nelson kind of able to get more involved and Tony Brooks James and stuff. So I mean, there's a it, it was much different than what we've seen. Hopefully they can kind of, you know, I don't want to say have a, a, a repeat performance, but at least repeat some of the the successful things that they were able to do yesterday because I don't think UW is just going to let them, you know, uh, have have their way like that. Oh, no, they won't. I don't, and think that's, I don't think that's going to happen. That defense is going to be much better than anything Utah had to if, if we're being honest, I don't think that game is going to look very pretty. No, it's it's probably not. It's probably not, especially if your quarterback has only thrown for forty-seven yards in this past game. Like you, you're going to need to do a little bit more than that against the, the arguably, probably the best defense in the conference. All right, coming up next, we'll switch gears to the Beavs. They almost beat Stanford, but almost only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. That's the saying, right? 
Uh, but the conversation right now, and it's being had by players as well as fans, is give Corey Hall the head coaching job. Do not do a search. Just give it the guy you need is right under your nose. And we'll discuss that next here on Sports Sunday on 1080 The Fan. Nine sixteen here on your Sunday morning. Mike Lynch, Rashad Taylor, Jesse Osmond with you till eleven o'clock, leading you into Seahawks pregame today. Watching the London game right now on the NFL Network. It is the Browns and the Vikings. It feels like London's had a game every single week. They have. It's been, I want to say, almost every week since week four. They've had a game. I think they've just been slowly increasing the amount of games they send over there. At least. Why do they keep giving them the crappy teams, though? I don't understand. Like, every single week they've sent them, like, oh, here's the Browns and the Ravens. Well, here's the Ravens and Dolphins. At least they're not sending them the Jaguars every week. Here come the Jaguars and Colts now. It's like, man, you are sending them crap teams. They're not even wearing those teams' jerseys. There's people in there with, like, Pittsburgh jerseys. I thought the Patriots were there a little earlier this year. Mexico City. Mexico City. Yeah, I think they play somebody there. I don't forget who. When was that? Oakland or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they're supposed to have a game in Mexico City. They, like, I think they, it's against Oakland. Who is it? It's I don't remember. I can't remember. I, I could Google it real quick, I guess. It's um, if it's look. that big of a deal. <laughs> we're just we're just having conversation. <laughs> so we're watching that right now. Um, I'm looking for points from the Vikings defense, and they well, they just had a three and out. That's not points, but at least it's not less points. I I'm also saw... looking for continued points for Jarek McKinnon. So. Yeah. And Duke Johnson, I was just commenting he was walking about into that. the tunnel. Yeah, 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 he's in the concussion protocol, so that sucks for me. Yep, that's oh, why well. they had Isaiah Crowell in when they're down. Yeah. Um, all right, let's talk some Bees football. They almost beat Stanford, guys. They they should have beat Stanford, guys, let's be honest. And um the 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 no Bryce love for Stanford was such a huge deal for the Cardinal. They couldn't get a lick of anything going on offense. Um they had Cameron Scarlett, former uh, Central Catholic running back, by the way, uh, running for them. He did not have the best game. He had uh, one good run, really, but he was 17 carries for just for 72 yards. Um, the Beavs looked impressive, guys. I mean, Ryan Nall had a had a good game, 19 for 84. Thomas Tyner ran for a touchdown. Uh, Daryl Garrettson didn't look awful. He didn't throw a touchdown pass, but he did run for a touchdown. He also had an interception. I mean, it was a low-scoring defensive game. Ryan Nall had a fumble that he lost. That was a really big backbreaker for them, but really the the conversation about this for me is that's two straight close losses for uh the beeves against colorado 36 33 that was three weeks ago now or two weeks ago because they had the bye week and they had the bye and then this week 15 to 14 against stanford and i saw players tweeting current and former i saw fans tweeting i saw a petition being passed around a movement to make Corey Hall the official head coach of the Oregon State Beavers. And what I want to say about that is very simple. Corey Hall has come in and changed the attitude of the team, right? All of a sudden, they're playing hard again. It makes you think a little bit more about just how bad Gary Anderson may have been. Uh, Things aren't looking very good for him as he did quit the team, and now they're playing a bajillion times better with Corey Hall. Um, there's more energy, all that kind of stuff. The coaching staff, he said, was was bad, but now they're coaching well 
under Corey Hall. So something was something was amiss. But Corey Hall has turned around the energy in, in the locker room. He has not gotten any wins yet, but he's played two close games. So here, here's what I want to say to Bees fans. If you're calling for Corey Hall to be the head coach, just be patient. The chances of him staying as the head coach are very, very slim. Uh, Scott Barnes intentionally said they're going to have a, co- a coaching search committee and that he is the interim, and he said that many times. He even came back and said he's the right guy in this place and time. He said that yesterday or two days ago. So this is not exactly a a sure thing that he's going to stick around and be the head coach. But be patient. If the Beavers continue to play well, let's say they win a couple of games at the end of the year, let's say they beat Oregon or something like that, then maybe that adds a little bit of fuel to the fire. But I don't think two losses in an interim head coach's first two games is enough to say he needs to be the head coach. A lot of interim head coaches change the energy at a team because the team just needed something to change. Uh, he's very passionate looking. He has a good energy on the sideline. After his first interview on primetime, I was like, whoa, this guy's out of his out of his reach here. But he's been much better the last few weeks in terms of interviewing. He's kind of a he's a happy-go-lucky kind of guy. He seems to have a really good energy personality about him. He's got NFL experience. You know, he's been in the he was in the league for like six, seven years, uh, all that kind of stuff. But do not jump on the bandwagon too early. Just look at what's happened with other interim guys who have stuck around. Ed Orgeron hasn't exactly had the best luck in his, in his time as a head coach. He had a lot more luck in his time as an interim. Clay Helton this year is getting looked at on the hot seat already, and he was bad in the beginning of last year. Sure, he helped turn him around, but what if they had gone out and gotten a really good head coach instead of sticking with their interim guy? You got to think about that when you're when you're in this situation. So I, I'm not necessarily against it because I like what he's doing, but just be patient. Don't try to don't try to say he's the head coach now. Yeah, but I think in the case of guys like Ed Orgeron and and Clay Helton, <clears throat> excuse me, they're they're taking over LSU. You know what I mean? They're taking over USC. Oregon State isn't necessarily in the same ballpark as as those two other programs, and so they're not even it's not even the same sport as far as being in the ballpark of those two other programs. So, um, I think that there's an opportunity for you know for a change at Oregon State. The only thing is, I. Th- I think you need to see wins to be able to make that change. Like I totally understand guys pepping up and playing better, but if it doesn't equate to wins, then what are you, what are you pushing for right now? Like, I mean, nobody wants to come and see your team just be really competitive every week and lose. Like people want to see wins. You get recruits based on wins. You, you get fans and and money from uh, alumni based on the wins you put up. And the reason Oregon has been able to become the Oregon ducks is because man, they won. And so the alumni started pouring back into that program. That's the only thing that's going to help. So you can be all rah, rah, all you want to, if it doesn't equate to wins on Saturday then or Thursday for that matter, then I, I think it doesn't really matter. But I mean, all we talk so much about culture. That's the one thing that we really, really value is culture. And we saw it with, you know, Orgeron for the minute that he was at USC. He changed the culture for, for a bit. And then Clay Hilton tried to kept changing the culture. Now USC is back to being mentioned as one of the top programs in the country. So we can say that Clay Hilton hasn't done a great job. But, you know, he he can boast the number one, possibly the number one quarterback in this, this year's draft or maybe even next year's draft and uh, some good defensive linemen, some other things like that. Like until Oregon State is able to get to a point to where they can say that, then you know, you're, you're just we're just always going to be hoping for the best. I, w- I was talking with a, a Washington State fan last night and we were talking about uh, Bill Moose and his departure to Nebraska and. 
how good he has been about changing the culture of that of not just the football program, but just the sports programs up in um, Pullman in general. And it it was interesting because we we both had basically the same thing to say is he came in, he changed the culture, he made moves that maybe um, some people thought were risky, like bringing in a, a Mike Leach off of his controversial firing from Texas Tech. But it, in the end, um, a new athletic director has come in and, and there's been complaints about, well, now we have debt as as a school. We have debt because we've invested so much in their football program. That's what's going to happen when you are trying to win in sports. There you go. And that's where I was going. So it, you have to realize as a school, as a program, that um, is it worth it to us to be a a, a noteworthy program and if it is, then you have to be willing to spend money to make that happen, whether it's on coaches, whether it's on finally raising Reeser, which you've been talking about for years and years and years and haven't done. Um, those are what the things that you have to do and be willing to do if you want to be a real legitimate program in the Pac-12. I agree 100%. And it still feels like Oregon State is kind of in that middle ground of deciding whether or not they want to do that because Gary Anderson was getting paid a pretty penny. He was a very big name head coach coming from Wisconsin when they did hire him and Mike Riley left. Um, you know, you go bring in Wayne Tinkle, who's not exactly the biggest name, but does have a good uh, history of success in uh, in the, I guess, the Big Sky Conference. Is it the WCC? I can't remember what Montana's in. In basketball. I know Big Sky for yeah. football, but whatever. At a smaller, smaller conference. But... They also still, and they're trying to build better facilities, but there still seems to be this vibe of, look, we care, but eh, sports aren't that important, right? And that's okay. Like a university is allowed to make that decision. That's totally fine, but that's not what you want to hear necessarily if you went to Oregon State and you still want to support your teams after you graduate or while you're there, if you're a student there right now or whatever. But I mean, it's kind of out of your control at that point, right? Like you as a, as a university alumni can't control how strongly they care about sports compared to how they care about um, academics, right? And I mean, maybe you I, want I think, them to care about But I think you can. I think winning will change the way you look at sports. I mean, I'm pretty sure Stanford doesn't look at their school as an athletic school, but damn, the fact that they're good at football, I'll, I'll yeah, donate. I'll be a part of this. And but winning I'm, comes, it's a double-edged sword too. Like you have to make those changes which might hurt other things to win, right? So then th – what what do you care about more initially? What's the big difference? I mean, I, I think you kind of have to get to that point to find out. I mean, Oregon State really hasn't been in, hadn't had an opportunity to really find out what they could be. Like, you don't have the best facilities. You well, don't. But have... they kind of did in the early thousands, though. I mean, they went to a couple bowl games, and Derrison, Dennis Erickson led them to one of the best teams in the That's country. What, I was and... in, but I was in high school when that happened, bro. I'm 34 right. years old now. I was. I was. But it's I was not like they've been awful. 19. the No, whole they haven't been awful forever. And even even still, they've had those opportunities where they've beaten the Ducks in the Civil War, and you know, had opportunities to go to the Rose Bowl. I remember that was what eight nine years ago when when that happened when it was uh ducks and beeves and whoever won that game was gonna go to the battle Rose for Bowl the Rose Bowl. like yeah. that was a that was a huge year but it's been a long time since we've seen uh and the beavers have that type of year and because and during that time man the ducks have changed washington state has changed like as far as what they're able to offer their students and what they're able to offer their coaches and i think until oregon state gets to that point which we know is coming but see and that's the thing like uh, oregon state like it, when when it comes to things like being popular in sports, that's another uh, way to bring in more students, believe it or not, that are even if they're not 
part of the athletic team. Some people just want to go to the school because they have good athletic programs. Um, so it, it's just another way to bring in more students. But in reality, it's like it, going back to what Mike said about the double-edged sword. I mean, the the other edge of that sword is you think about the things that Oregon is starting to deal with now of, oh, well, are is everything that they're doing recruiting wise to get these recruits, to get these guys in, especially right now in the basketball program where that recruiting's really taken a next level turn. Like now it's being scrutinized and you, you typically in order to be that good in recruiting and in order to get those type of guys, you, you, typically are bending the rules at the very least. And so then you're making those risks. So it's it's one of those things. Do the goods, the pros outweigh the cons? So um, very much a double-edged sword. And and I, I agree with you in the fact that they're kind of towing that line where they want to kind of walk in the middle. And, wanna... that, and look, that could work. Mm -hmm. You just need a couple of lucky good seasons to help push the sports program while you're towing that line a little bit. But – Look, you got to spend money if you want to win in sports, and that's and that's okay. But it, it's also the university's decision to not have to do that. How happy is Mike Riley right now, or is he happy? He's not. He's about to get fired. I mean, he's about to. He's. he's I mean, at least he's won three games this year. In he's the going Big Ten, to. Get, he's you know, fired. So, of course, hey, he's going to be fired. Bring Riley back. <laughs> that's that's. I mean, what would no, you bet that they brought Mike? Riley they're not back? going. To, Riley, when he came on primetime this year, he said they asked, "Is this your last coaching job?" And he said, "Yeah, it is." So fired, not fired. I think he's done well, he's after like Nebraska. He's like seventy anyway. He's so. yeah, he's an old guy. He's he's yeah. been coaching for a while. It's okay. All right. Uh, coming up next, it is time for our fantasy scramble. If you have fantasy football questions, please text them now to the Bridgeport Beers text line at five five three zero five, and we'll get to them in the next few segments. But first, Jesse has Sports Center. This is what you get when you wait until the last minute. It's your pick. Fine, whatever. Blah, 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 blah. This guy. A kicker. I like kickers. Listen up, you fantasy coaches. Mike and Rashad are here to save your butt with some last-minute injury news and roster advice. The only reason my team finishes terrible as it is because everybody on the team was hurt. Literally every single player on my team was hurt. This is Fantasy Scramble, part of Football Sunday on 1080 The Fan. Nine thirty-five here on your Sunday morning. So we just not gonna change that drop. We're just gonna stay hey, wait, there. Wait, hey, we're never changing. Uh, aren't the drop you telling us like every weekend that like your team's like blown up or hurt or something we're like still that? Still in first place though. It doesn't matter. I, but I'm just saying, but like yes, it, it's yes. kind of it's kind of relevant to what your season's going through this year. I mean, of. it is. But when that was happening, um, I was at the bottom of the of the barrel this year. You know, I'm the cream that's on the top. Yeah. Yeah, you're the cream on the top, huh? That's I mean, exactly I, I feel like this is the first time he's been positive. You've been about very, his... very negative about your team. This I have. Year. Yes. But guess what? Every single week, we find a way to like win the game some some way. I mean, to like win the game. Yeah, it, it it happens. Like even if I'm getting sixty points, the other team's getting fifty eight, baby. So we're still hitting the W. So yeah. you're, so you're so dealing you're... with a lot of luck right now. Right, the regression is incoming. It's not whether you win or lose; it's whether you win. So the luck has risen to the crop or to the top. Yeah, the regression's Boom. coming, Rashad. I'll take it. I'll the regression not. is coming. Yes. No, it's not. Yeah, I, I I believe that every week. I actually that's one of the things I like to do at the end of the week, like on um on Tuesday, go in check out the standings. What's the points for? What's the points against? Because the regressions come for the second best team in my league because he's been, he has literally like the eighth 
like oh it's worse like easiest schedule it's, it's, it, I mean, for it's easy as, as yeah. for him so this happened to, in my league too number second place team was like five and oh yeah or six and oh and now he's got lost or two in a row because he had no points scored right it's just slowly my, starting to come back to my him. team is legit it was just like we were going through a bunch of weird week one buys and you know some other little corny we stuff. we were going through so it's we so you, a couple so of you're saying one your team is literally the entire Tampa Bay and Miami <laughs> Dolphins Bingo. teams? Bingo. Wow. No, it's not really. But I did have a couple really important <laughs> uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers that so I was going to start. So Mike, Mike William, uh, Evans is on your, your team? Uh, not Mike Evans. Deshaun Watson? James, uh, for a, but I do have Deshaun Watson. Uh, uh, or Deshaun Jackson, excuse me. Right. Uh, he's pretty amazing. Also have Deshaun Watson. That's yeah. that's actually should be our first fantasy question. It's for me. It's a personal one, guys. All right. So I have Deshaun Watson, who's going up against Seattle in Seattle. Mm -hmm. uh, and I also have Alex Smith, who's going up against um, Denver. You're Denver Broncos, but they'll be at home uh, at, uh, what is it, Arrowhead? Yes. So I'm, I'm thinking Alex Smith because I like him better against this Denver defense uh, at home. I don't like a rookie quarterback going to Seattle. That's where rookie quarterbacks go to die. That is really, really tough because both defenses are really, really good. Um, but frankly, I'd ride the hot hand, to be honest with you. I think I'd go to Sean Watson in that one just because I, I view it as Alex Smith has been very good, but... I just don't, I like Denver's secondary a little bit better, and I don't know. It's tough. I'm going to pick Deshaun Watson. We we were having this conversation earlier. Uh, I very much like the fact that Alex Smith is at home. I don't like the fact that Deshaun Watson is on the road. Now here is what I like about what Mike's saying: the hot hand. Now they're both hot. Like Alex Smith's been pretty hot all, all season long. He's a top five quarterback. Same with Deshaun Watson. Watson gives you something special with his legs because he's got a very Russell Wilson-esque type thing going on. He's very smart as to when to use his legs to buy time, when to use his legs to just get out of the pocket and run. He doesn't take big hits. So he's really valuable in that running game. He could at any moment get you a running touchdown, which you used to be able to say that about Alex Smith, but he's much more of a pocket guy. He's much more conservative with his running game now. And it, and, and this is the one thing. Both of these defenses are really good. I, I think the one thing that Denver realizes right now is if that defense does not play like A-plus right now, the chances of the Broncos winning are like... Negative 100%. Yeah, exactly. Like, they have to play perfect. That offense where, is awful. Whereas I think the Seahawks and they've done this several times this year where they have bad halves or they give up a, a few big plays. They are able to weather that storm. Portland, so it is probably really raining in Seattle. It's outside raining loud place. I just, I just, I just don't feel comfortable sending a rookie quarterback in there. Well to, then, Hey, if that's what your gut's telling you, take Alex Smith. It's I have, not, I think the, I have to, it's not the biggest difference, but I just think Deshaun Watson is playing so well right now. In, in 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 a way that makes me more excited that he could do well against a good defense than Alex Smith. Just just my thoughts right now. Not Fair to say enough. that Alex Smith will not play well. And I like Alex Smith's weapons a little more than I like Deshaun Watson's. Really? Yeah. Okay. Hunt and and uh, Hunt and Hill. Just so Hill. you know, uh, a zero percent chance of precipitation today in zero? Seattle. Zero. Zero. <sighs> 
Yeah, I'm just I'm looking right now. High 61 degrees, no chance of precipitation. Supposed to be partly cloudy. Looks pretty nice up there. The Doppler radar has it nice and clear. Looking pretty good up in Seattle if, if weather is a true consideration factor here. All right, text line questions. <laughs> what are you spelling? There's nothing. I'm trying to rewind. We can't rewind on here. I just no. saw a stat that I wanted to see. Um. All right. The Seahawks have allowed 10.6 receiving yards or something. It's the fewest on, in the NFL. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, text line questions. Non-PPR league, pick two wide receivers. DeAndre Hopkins, Kelvin Benjamin, Amari Cooper. Uh, definitely DeAndre Hopkins. I, I know I know it's against Seattle, but him and um, Deshaun Watson, don't forget his name, you're just talking about him, have had a really good rep- repertoire since he got in there. Even though he only caught two balls last week or two weeks ago, they had a bye last week. Still kind of touchdown pass to get almost 10 points, depending on what league you're in. Um, I'm going to definitely take Hopkins, and I don't like the Panthers right now. And Amari Cooper was, like, targeted 70 times last week. So I know he's been crap all year, but they were, like, they made a concerted effort last week to get Amari Cooper the ball, and it worked. He had 11 catches for over, uh, what, like 200 yards or something crazy? Um, that's probably an exaggeration. No, yeah, 210 yards and two touchdowns. Go with Cooper and with uh, Hopkins. Uh, I like Cooper. Um, I like Hopkins. I think Hopkins should have a big day just considering everything that's happened with the Texans over the past few days. Um, but I think this is going to be kind of a – well, this could go one of two ways. could have a crappy game as a big F you to the owner, or it could have a great game as a big F you to the owner. We'll just kind of see. Well, you think he could have a big game, but you don't want to play Deshaun Watson. These are very confusing, contradictory statements well, I'm saying, here. That's the, that's the, uh, I, I like Will Fuller, you know, but I don't think Will Fuller is the weapon that, you know. I don't know. Will Fuller is catching TDs galore right now, yeah. five in three games. Anyways, um, so here we go. I'm going to be contradict, uh, uh, you know, the, the other side of the argument here. Um, I agree with Hopkins. I think he's a must start right now. Uh, he is just getting too much volume as a wide receiver to bench him. Um, and this is where I'm going to diverge paths. Kelvin Benjamin has, um, I believe this is, there's only one other team in the NFL right now that's giving up more fantasy points to wide receivers. Um, then the Detroit Lions, I believe is who they're playing. They get to play him on the turf. I like Benjamin over Cooper. Here's the deal with Cooper. I've had Cooper um, the, the first two years of the season. This His 200-yard, two-touchdown game, I, I've seen this before with him. He doesn't respond with another 200-yard, two-touchdown game. He doesn't typically even respond with 100 yards. He but if they're res- giving him, like, 15 targets. Uh, yeah, he also dropped, like, three balls in that game. And guess who got, like, no no targets in that game? Crabtree and Crabtree is the better receiver of those two right now. They're going to go back to Crabtree. Cooper's not getting 20 targets again this week. Um, They did want to get Cooper's confidence going last week. They did want to get him more involved. He probably will have about another eight or nine targets, but I don't believe he's going to go off for 200 yards. I like Benjamin quite a bit more this week. Quarterback question, Phillip Rivers against the Patriots or Derek Carr against the Bills. The Patriots defense has played much better the last two weeks. Um, we've kind of been picking against them automatically and maybe we should start rethinking that a little bit. However, Buffalo's defense is really good. And Derek Carr, despite having a great game last week, thanks to Amari Cooper has not been very good. And Phillip Rivers has been consistent. He's gotten double digit points almost every single week. And, uh, except for week three, he's gotten double digit points in every single week. 
And I would take him against the Patriots here. As the Patriots still giving up the most fantasy quarterback points in the NFL. Um, yeah, I'm taking Phillip Rivers. Um, I'm a Patriots fan, and I don't trust the defense yet. And you have a lot more confidence than I do, Lynch, so far. Um, let's not forget they played the Falcons, who haven't been great this year. They played the Jets, who are not great any year. But the Jets are playing better this year. So and the I'll Jets actually that. did the okay. The Jets actually are actually very, are very good, which is weird because, remember, we were talking about them tanking, and that's kind of what they were doing. And now they're, you know, one of the best teams in the AFC. So, um, yeah, but that being said, the, the, I still don't like that defense. So I'm going to go ahead and say Phillip Rivers. Um, yeah, no, I right right now you're looking at Atlanta. Um, like Matt Ryan probably – I mean, he hasn't been playing as well. I don't think the game plan is as high-octane with Starkeesian there. And they were in the Fog Bowl last week, so that obviously can account for a lack of success through the air. I don't buy into all of a sudden this New England Patriots defense is clicking. You just lost, uh, what, Dante Hightower? Like, no, they're, they're still the going to – For the year. You're, you're still going to be able to move the ball on this on this defense – um, I do like rivers over car and, and traditionally, if you go back, I mean, not that we have a large sample size car is still very young in, in the league, but he has not been a great fantasy quarterback. He's a good quarterback. He's not a great fantasy quarterback though. All right. We got a break coming up next. The rest of the questions that are on the text line, that's Bridgeport Beers text line at five, five, three Oh five. If you have any, feel free to send them in there and we'll get to them next here on the fan. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Nine forty nine here on your Sunday morning fantasy scramble going on right meow. Let's continue as we got uh, some texts on the Bridgeport Beers text line at five five three zero five. Defense today. Defense. Defense questions are tough for me. I hate them so much. Atlanta. Or, where to go? Denver. Um, the Falcons' defense hasn't been overly impressive to me, but they're playing the Jets, and that's a big thing. But I think here, even though they're playing the Chiefs, I feel like you kind of auto-lock the Broncos' defense just because of the potential that they have. Um, I don't like the Falcons' defense that much. They've had one good week all year. The rest, they they barely commit or get turnovers. They've only got three total turnovers forced according to this this year um the broncos have two three four four or five so a little bit more and ah, i'm gonna take denver in this one i hate defense questions though so take that with a grain of salt uh, i like denver i think this is an that easy one um <laughs> yeah, denver that's, that's not uh, i don't think it's as hard as as yeah it, yeah no the, the defense is very much go go with the like there's a few defenses that you just kind of ride with uh denver's one of them um i I, falcons have not been a great team this year and the jets are actually not a great team to they're they're fine to stream against there but they're not a great team to stream against i think they're like middle of the pack as far as giving up points they're like around the 16 17 18 mark so it's not like they're an amazing elite play like the you know cleveland Browns that you have to play against. So I, I'm going to stick with your elite defense, and that's the Broncos. 
This is a really hard one because it's really bad options. Pick two, half-point PPR, Rob Kelly, Willie Sneed, or DeAndre Washington. Uh, I'm definitely picking Washington in this one. Lynch is suspended. He should get probably about split touches with Jalen Richard, but he's more of the the carry back than Richard is more of the pass catching back. But either way, Washington will catch some passes as well. I just hate Rob Kelly this year, man. He's so bad. He's really bad. But Willie Sneed, I don't exactly trust either. Um, since he's come back from his suspension, he has one catch in two weeks and was inactive last week. Um, I feel like I, I, I haven't heard if Willie Sneed's going to play. Um, if he plays, I would even pick him over Rob Kelly. So if he's playing, I would go Washington and Sneed. If not, then you got to pick Rob Kelly. Uh, well, I wish you didn't have to pick Rob Kelly. Um, it sounds like you might need to, but I guess I would go with Washington for sure. And I'll say Kelly for my own selfish reasons because I have him too and I have to start him. So, Kelly. You don't and have to start I, him. You I don't have kind, to start I him. I kind of do. Uh, all right. So, I'm going to go Washington. Um, very much. I think we're all in sync there. Um, it, it, to be honest, this is not a, a decision at the other end that I really envy you as to having to make. Sneed has been dealing with that hamstring injury. He's not really involved. Ted Ginn's kind of come in. He's played really well inserted himself into that lineup. I, I don't see the targets really being there for Snead. I don't see him being a huge part of this offense, at least today. I, R. Kelly, I mean, if he's going to be out there, he's going to get touches, and there's always the chance he just falls into the end zone. So I think your, your, your ability to get a touchdown out of a guy like Rob Kelly is better than a guy like Snead. So I, as well, will go Washington and Snead. I mean, not Snead, but uh, Kelly. Uh, Cameron Braid, Jordan Reed, Laguerre Blunt, pick two, full point PPR. Um, definitely Jordan Reed. He's a monster with Kirk Cousins at quarterback. That's a must pick. Cameron Braid's been really good as well, but there's something about Laguerre Blunt playing the Niners defense, which is not very good against the run. In fact, I believe it's the worst against the run for fantasy court or fantasy purposes. Uh, that's, that's very appealing to me this week. He hasn't gotten a touchdown in a few weeks. Um, but the Philly offense has been absolutely just dominating lately. And I could see him get maybe a little bit of a touchdown. So I'm going to go Reed and Blunt on this one. Uh, I really like Cameron Brake, though. He's been good for the last. Man, he has season. been very good. Um, that's not that's not an easy decision for me. Uh, you know, I'm I gonna, just have a feeling about Blunt. Yeah, I like I mean, I like Garrett LeGarrette as well. So I'm going Brayton Blunt. Um, Wait, you're skipping Reed. Yeah, Jordan uh, Reed's like a must play dude. He 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 is, but I mean, I like I said, I like Cameron Brayton, kind of what he brings to that offense. So I'm blunt, and like you said, I think against that against the 49ers, I think it's almost like a no brainer. So that one for sure. But um, I, like I very much like Bray as well. I I mean, if I had him on my roster, I'd be trying typically to find a way to get him in there, and it's obviously hard because you only have a tight end spot, you only have a flex spot, so there's only two spots you can stick a tight end typically. Um, with that being said. This is a really good matchup for Blunt. Blunt has been running well this year, despite the weird offseason of whether he was even going to make the team. He's the TD guy there, and you're in one of the most potent offenses in the NFL. I, I think I'm going to have to go Blunt. All right, let's go rapid fire here for the last few. Standard League at the flex, Demarius Thomas or Brandon Marshall. This one's easy. It's Demarius Thomas. Um, he only saw two catches last week. I think they're going to try to up his targets. Usually after a bad week, they try to get those guys some looks because they're feeling kind of bad about it. And I'm going to go Demarius Thomas on that one. I like Demarius Thomas as well. 
D. Thomas. DeAndre Washington or Jonathan Stewart at running back. Uh, that's a PPR league, so DeAndre Washington for sure. DeAndre Washington. Man, I don't like Stewart at all. Yeah, give me some Washington. Uh, Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson at quarterback. Uh, wait, playing, wait. They're playing each other, uh, but I will pick Russell Wilson at this one at home. I'll pick Russell Wilson. I mean, I just don't trust rookie quarterbacks playing it in, in that place, man. Um, yeah, good, good. This is a good problem to have. Good problem to have. And uh, this is one of those days where I will pick Wilson over Watson. Uh, and then Pittsburgh defense or Denver defense. Ooh, good Who are problem the Steelers to have. playing? They're playing Detroit. Um, Detroit's been giving up a lot of points this year, but I'll I'll go with the Steelers defense on that one. Because I, I trust Kansas City's offense more than I trust Detroit's offense. Yeah, I'm going with the Steelers as well because I really need, you know. Uh, Steelers have been like, uh, honestly, th this is the amazing thing. Uh, I, I think they're giving up the least yards per pass attempt um, in the league. They've been actually really good against the pass. And ever since uh, their debacle in Chicago, they've been good against the run. They're they're one of the best teams at pressuring the quarterback. Yeah, I uh, they're they're steady they're they don't score a lot of touchdowns or whatever but they're steady they've been scoring double points i'm gonna go with with the steelers as well all right that's it that's our fantasy scramble we do it every single sunday at 9 30 and 9 45 so if you have questions feel free to text them into the bridge for sex line all throughout our shows and uh, we will get to them as best as we can hopefully we help you out remember though go with your gut and then listen to us that's how i always approach my fantasy decisions as well uh, only three minutes until the games get underway so coming up next we will uh, switch to our number two and you know i think we we should talk about it and I, i've kind of i flipped my decision on this i was like eh. i mean we've talked a lot about the social stuff in the nfl but I didn't really want to talk about the Bob McNair stuff just because I wanted to focus more on football, but I think we should at least give a segment to it. So let's talk about what Bob McNair said about his players and the NFL players and how you feel about it and what you think should be done and what you think the players should do. That is next here on Football Sunday on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.